All right, welcome to Comic Chat number 32. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a nine-year comedian out of the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I'm originally from uh, Compton, California. Today's date is Monday, May 31st. It is also Memorial Day. So with that being said, I'm going to give a moment of silence to all those servicemen and women who gave their lives for someone's corrupt plan for world domination and also for a, a local music, music legend here in Phoenix, uh, Andy Warpigs, who passed away yesterday. I don't know what, how he passed away, but uh, Andy Warpigs is no longer with us, so it was a moment of silence for them. Okay, you can find this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. I usually don't say Anchor first, but I guess today I'm um, a little out of sorts because I've been doing so much uh, trying to write and, and shows and open mics that I really didn't prepare for this uh, show. I don't really have any uh, topics, so I'm just going to talk about uh, whatever comes to my mind. Uh, Now, I've just been doing a lot of thinking about myself, because uh, a lot of people, when they see me on stage, they... uh, they see that I, I like to have fun and I like to tell jokes and make people laugh. But off stage, I'm not like that at all. I'm kind of serious and, and shrewd and I'm a loner. And, you know, I really don't want to be bothered with a lot of uh, the casual ignorance that we're into. Like fucking fight videos and, and you know, niggas crip walking uh, on TikTok and all that. I mean, I'm not really a fan of any of this pop culture because we give it too much control and too much focus it basically dominates our lives it's like i don't i don't know how everybody else feels but i don't like having uh my life and people's opinions of me dominated by a damn website our websites like i just don't like that shit i mean i got into so many so many little freaking trolling matches last uh, week because of people not liking what I post because it's not the normal thought. It's not just some agreeable shit that you can just go ahead and click a button thoughtlessly so so they get angry. And the thing that, that pisses me off about this is that people will be your friend on these sites for that main reason, just to wait Till, till you post something or just hold resentment by everything you post until about three, four months down the line and they just pick the weirdest one and, and just start trying to fuck with you. All because they don't agree with your lifestyle and how you live 
it's not them, but they, for some reason, it just upsets them so much that you have your own way of thinking and own way of being and own way of living. It just pisses them the fuck off. So they got to voice it and then look for other people who are in the agreeable box to come through and laugh react for them. And it's usually other comics who can't draw a laugh from an audience. So they have to create one online because they're not happy with the real self as a comic. And the truth is they don't really put the work in to be a, a funny comedian. Like I do. I don't have friends. I don't really live a life because I'm always trying to write because I really just want to be funny. Being social and going here and going there, that really don't mean anything to me. You know, I don't really care for, you know, being at the happen happening spots. And I know that's people be like, uh, how do you how do you get material if you're not up on what everybody else is doing? I just stay away from what everybody else is doing when I do stand up because most of the shit we talk about that everybody else is on like dating and fucking Tinder and fucking vegans and all it's just the same joke. It's a lot of the same joke told by different voices. And then and then we laugh at it like we never heard it before. Just like the we do the um we do the recycled we do the recycled memes and videos and stuff. And we act like they're brand new, but they've been in circulation for damn near a decade. And, you know, you've seen it like 50 times. And then the first time somebody that sees it that hasn't seen it, they send it to you like you're supposed to be amazed by it. And, you know, I don't know. I just get tired of this uh, synthetic world sometimes. Sometimes I just be wanting to go. To a quiet ass mountain And just sit there With my meditative music And and just sit there Because this earth shit We just getting stupid We just getting more and more stupid Every uh, year And then the generations are getting slower And slower and slower Because None of the older generations are teaching the young generation anything. And then the the young generation think they know everything because of technology. Technology don't teach you nothing. If anything, technology makes you lazy against learning. Because it provides most of the answers for you. Like I seen, uh, I seen this ad for Siri. Where this dad is trying to help his daughter with the homework. And uh, she's asking him questions about Mount Vesuvius. And and, and when did Rome fall or whatever. Or Pompeii fall or whatever the commercial was about. And uh, he's asking fucking Alexa or whoever it is behind the kid's back. But acting like he's uh, he knows the answer. Like he learned it himself. And I just look at that commercial and I go, that's what they want. They want us to get comfortable in synthetic learning. So they can control what we believe by being the only uh, source of information that we can come to. But it's not like the other sources of information are not available like books, 
It's not like libraries are not available. We just not going to go in there because we can easily just look on our fucking phone. And I think that these this technology is uh, detaching us from our natural abilities as human beings. I think that is causing us to uh, not want to create and use our natural ability of creation to uh, beautify our own space. I think they just want us to provide us with a bunch of suggestions so that we create the reality that they want us to have. And then they just dress it up like you made your own choice when it was just being suggested to you over and over and over and over and over again. And you just never question you because you think it, uh, that commercial is just a commercial or that song is just a song or that that celebrity really cares about your well-being like he not getting paid a couple million or a couple thousand to, to say whatever they say to you to influence how you think and how you choose to exist. My God, I guess um, Dr. Fauci told everybody that it's was that COVID was a man-made disease and they kindly just attacked us biologically and all that. Just because they know if they tell us we so brainwashed to doing what the hell they want us to do, they could tell us what they did to us now and we still not going to give a damn. We still going to run down there and, and get that vaccine and pump that BS into our veins, even though we don't even know what it is. I still find it funny that people make fun of heroin addicts. When they are putting an unknown chemical in themselves to preserve life. A life that they do nothing but complain about. Everything's messed up. We're not making enough money. I don't get to do this. I don't have the person that I want. I don't have the job that I want. I'm not living in the life that I want. I'm not living in the house that I want. We're just complaining. And then we dumping our complaints, our frustrations on the other people spiritually and then when you realize that this is what's going on and you try to at least solve the problem for yourself and not add to it by being one of these uh, negative dumpsters or dump trucks people just shit on you call you negative and label you so you can Go back into conformity and, and just be uh, bitter and angry and, and labeling people and, and trying to control how people think and act. And that's the weirdest thing is that we all seek control over one another, but can't even control ourselves. Can't even control ourselves. The people, most people think they voted for Biden for some good reason. No, they voted for Biden because the media repetitively told you to hate Donald Trump. They told you all this negative stuff. They threw mud all over his name and they try to paint Biden as this uh, good standing, upstanding motherfucker. He he uh, hired a, a minority woman to be his vice president. So he can't be racist or sexist there. But then you see a, you see a picture of him sniffing a little girl's hair. 
And then you hear about his son being a damn crackhead. But we we ignore all that. Because Donald Trump was a, a supposed racist. I just think he was an opportunist. And he saw an opportunity to uh, piss off those mouths and talking suits in the White House or in, in the House of Representatives in the Senate. And he did it. He pissed them off. And they got rid of him. And they stuck some other puppet in our face. You can trust this guy. Look, he can barely talk. He falls upstairs. But he's got like a half a half black, half Asian woman as a vice president. So uh, he's our guy. Look, he even told us if we, if we don't know who we voted for, we not black. How can we not trust a guy like that? If you don't know who you voted for, I know I brought this up so many times. If you don't know who you voted for, you're not black. And we still went out and voted for this motherfucker. Basically, he gave us an order like a slave master and we went and took it. Because there's nobody else to vote for. I don't want to vote for the other crotchety guy. And this is something that I got into it on the internet because I said I made a joke about uh, one of my uh, friends told me that he was uh, so deep deep in his uh, his addiction to heroin that he thought that if he didn't stop doing heroin, that everybody else would die. And then the punchline was, this is why I don't vote. And then I got under somebody's skin with that punchline and they started trolling me because, you know, they feel like voting is always the answer when it's just a tradition that has been given to you from a child. They teach you who the president is in school. They never really teach you who the vice president is, but they make sure you know who that president is. So when you when you need to uh, place blame or you get scared, you know exactly who to you know depend on or who to yell at. They don't let you know who else is in the government, but they let you know who that president is. And they've been doing that shit since we was kids. I know I remember back when I was um, in high school. They still had all the presidents. In the back of the uh, in the back of the government book, everybody on up to uh, George uh, W. Because he was the president when I graduated uh, in two thousand. That was his uh, first term. I just aged myself. Been out of high school for twenty one years, and I can tell you, I didn't know that the world was going to turn into this. Because when you're a kid, they just lie to you. They just lie to you. They tell you a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Like, basically, in 1987, they was preaching to us kids that the world would be like the Jetsons. By the, by the year 2000, we, we would be living in this Jetson-like perception of Earth. 
we'd have flying cars and we'd have like uh, tablets that turned into whole meals. We machines will be basically doing everything. And that's the only thing they pretty much got right is that machines do everything. But it's not because they want to make our lives easier. It's because they want to prove to us or prove to themselves that humanity is obsolete and that we no longer need humans on earth. Everything that a human can do can be done by a machine. And this is just these heads of corporations, these billionaires and all that. They're trying to exterminate humanity. That's why they uh, trying to preach the uh, unproductive sex. We call it casual sex. Nah, but it's unproductive sex because sex is the uh, functioning of reproduction. I said this before on another episode. So when you lay down with somebody, your objective is to try to create another life we're not supposed to just be wasting abusing it and and, and taking it for granted but we're doing that because it's been made popular like especially it's been made popular by black people because we make the songs and we're basically the pop culture and the pop culture of America is the influencer of America. Everything you like is due to some pop culture influence. From the shoes you wear, the fucking shirt you wear, the food you eat, the sodas you drink, the cologne you buy. All because of some pop culture icon telling you that that's what they do and this is what they eat and this is what they buy. Because we so foolish that we think that if we imitate these people, that we can create their reality for ourselves. And I don't, I really never understood that. Why would you want their reality? Because they, they like I said before, they only show you the part of their reality that they think that we would admire. They don't show us the other part where they being uh, slaves and being told to say stuff that they don't want to say and being led to misguide us and uh, mislead us into uh, thinking and perceiving the world as some playground. And it's just a whole bunch of ungratefulness. The thing that bugs me a lot about this generation is that we don't even want to have kids. Like kids are the problem. And kids, they get everything they know from the adults. So if the kids are the problem, then the adults are the problem. Because we the ones that's supposed to give them the guidance. We supposed to teach them. We supposed to give them an early vision for our their own life but we're not doing that because everybody focusing on them what's on uh, Netflix and what's up with that Grubhub and come over here and Netflix and chill with me and uh, is we gonna kick it tonight you know check me out on OnlyFans 
check me out on Instagram. Uh, go to my TikTok. All this uh, unnecessary uh, desire for attention. Selling ourselves like products. And it just shows how much of a uh, low self-worth we have and how much of a poor self-image we create within ourselves because we follow these trends and we eat this food and we drink this, you know, sodas and, and, and we, we, we ingest these poisons. And then we're like overworked and we really don't have time to sit back and actually reflect on our life and see if we really are going in the direction that we desire to go or are we just following somebody else's instruction because that is the way they desire us to go because it'll be more abundant and prosperous for them. We surrender our own dreams to help others create dreams that want to destroy us. And this is our way of life. And this is what we call living in America. Everything is toxic, but we laugh about it. Like I said, when uh, that term, I'm petty, became very popular, it was a very uh, negative frequency behind supporting that I'm petty movement. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people was just saying it because it was popular. Without even knowing what the meaning of the word petty is. Basically, when you say you petty, you say you act like a bitch. And I don't understand when that became cool and when acting like you had some common sense and you had some balls and you had a heart became like a threat. Like everybody got some shit to talk. But when you stand up to their shit talk, they fucking play the victim. Like you stabbed them or something. Like, nah, you came for me. Then when I kept it hunted, you tucked your tail between your legs like a little bitch and went looking for cosigners and shit. Like I got into it with somebody to, uh, over that hacker. Because this dude has been, he's on my new page and has been on my new page for two months. I made posts and videos about this hacker. I even told, you know, people that it wasn't me. But then he wanted, he got a message from the dude and wanted to tell me that my, uh, that my account is hacked. And I don't even talk to this dude. I think I talked about this last week, but it was, man, it was just really, it was just really crazy. And he didn't like what I said, but he didn't come to me in my messenger. He went on live. For all of his Facebook friends to, to co-sign him talking shit to me. And for those who don't know me, I have cerebral palsy and uh, I don't walk like other people. I had to have sur- surgery on my legs when I was like eight to correct my uh, tendons to set my heels flat on the ground because I used to stand on my tippy toes. So a lot of people think that, you know, I'm not physically able to fight them or whatever. I can do all that, but it's just no point because I'm 38 years old and I have three kids and I don't want to go to jail for some loser comic who don't have no love for itself. So I ended up basically backing down just like in all the other confrontations I got into uh, this week over minor dumbass shit. 
I ended up backing down because I understand that it's better to act in love than out of anger. Because when you act outside of love, you act outside of thought. And, you act out, and ultimately, you act outside of yourself. And then you do things that you shouldn't do. And you do uh, things that you uh, potentially can regret. Like I was talking to a friend of mine about how you say, how you, we say, oh, I'll kill this motherfucker. I'll kill this motherfucker, man. And uh, that's just easy. That's easier said than done, especially if you've seen somebody get shot. You you, you ain't going to want to do that to nobody. When you see the size of that bullet created in that person's being, you're not going to want to you're not going to want to do that. But then you. Then when you before you even shoot him, you gonna you gotta think about it, man. Yeah, I might hit this dude, and he may not live. And but I might survive. I might go to jail. Or I might not even go to jail, and I still gotta live, knowing that I killed somebody. Now I know for the cynical people who want to try to argue with me, they're gonna be like, "What? But what if it was a guy who uh, broke into your house and tried to rape your wife and tried to kill your kids and all?" Like, okay, that's a different circumstance. But what I'm talking about is somebody says something about my baby mama, or somebody says something about my kids, or something, and I show up to their house with the four five, like. Talk that shit now. Or I'm going to make spaghetti out of your brain. That's that's what I'm talking about. You, you, you think it'll be easy to make spaghetti out of somebody's brain when you know what you're doing it for is so stupid? That's why people got to get uh, drugged up. Gangsters get drugged up when they go and do drive-bys. They be smoking sherm and all that shit. Snorting coke, smoking crack. Anything to doing meth, anything to to dim your uh, reality, anything to dim your reality, so you won't realize the monumental the monumentous mistake you're about to make. Because once you pull that trigger and that bullet goes out of that chamber, chamber, you're not you can't catch it and put it back in. Wherever it lands, it's wherever it lands. And then that's the scarier part about it is like, you may set out to shoot somebody, miss that person, and hit a child or a person that wasn't even intended to be the target or had nothing to do with you even picking up that gun and shooting it. So... We just be saying these things like it's just so easy for us to do. And I was talking to my friend about it and we basically was talking about the, the mental uh the mental aspects of seeing a tragedy like that or having to be a part of that because he was a, a veteran. He's a veteran, eight year veteran of the Air Force. And uh <clears throat> he's he's seen some things. He said he had PTSD and all that. He gets flashbacks and yeah, and then I was talking about like yeah because I understand that um I had a uncle my uncle Winston rest in peace he uh 
was a Korean War veteran. And when we were kids, he would have flashbacks. I know I probably mentioned this before. He would have flashbacks in his sleep. And it was just such a scary occurrence because he would really be there yelling and then sweating. And, it, ooh, man, it's it's messed up, that post-traumatic stress. Because I, I suffered from it, uh, too, because I saw my friend Tyrone get killed in 2005. And it was a really, really not a pretty scene. And I spent, like, I want to say 12 years of my life uh, after that, just trying to bury it like it never happened. Like, I tried, I told him I didn't really, uh, for a while, it was uh, really, for like a week, it was really hard for me to realize that you know, my homeboy went for somebody from somebody I knew to somebody I know to somebody I just knew. Like with somebody that I could see almost every day to not being able to see him anymore. For like a week, I thought it was fake. I thought that I would see him. He would come to my grandma's house and we'd be uh, drinking Smirnoff and smoking blunts in the backyard again. But he never came back, man. And, and that was uh, that was when the reality of what happened in front of me set in. That your life can be over. And you really don't have a say. And we be up here uh, bitching and complaining about not having this and not having that. And that next very incident, after you get through bitching, somebody could slit your throat and you be out of here. But we don't even, we don't think about that. Because we don't focus on, on the beings. We focus on, on, the, on the distractions. What we got on our feet. What we got on our body. What, uh, what type of expensive things. That we put are we putting in our body like uh, liquor and, and and food? We're not thinking about you know. Is this person having a bad day? You know this person's been posting a lot of uh, depressing stuff. Are they okay? We we don't think about that type of stuff. We just uh, assume that ah they just you know they just acting out for Facebook. They just trying to get likes. But then it's like when you do try to show compassion to a person or empathy to a person and ask them if they're okay, uh, their pride gets in the way and they don't want to tell you anything because everybody wants to appear strong. Nobody wants to appear weak. But the truth is, is life is hard for everyone because we really don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And I probably said this before too. And what helped me uh, not... To be so judgmental of other people. Not saying that I'm not judgmental because sometimes I do judge people. But I'm less judgmental. It's because I understand where I came from and my not knowing who I was and what what I'm actually a part of and what this earth really is and what this realm we live in really represents. So, you know, I, I it's it makes it me it makes it easier for me. To uh, to show mercy upon somebody when they, especially if they're like talking shit about me or yelling at me or 
you know, wanting to make me feel bad about myself. The first question I ask myself is what's wrong with them? What is bothering them? What type of pain are they harboring inside they self to where they feel like they have to project it onto me so that I question my current flow and my journey? But I no longer question my journey because I trust in what created me. And, and I trust that it loves me, protects me, guides me, and supports me. And uh, <clears throat> I have a sole purpose that I'm down here to uh, achieve. So it, it, I never really question myself anymore because I'm more sure of who I am. But a lot of people, they are living off of a programming that has been given to them 30, almost 40 some odd years ago. Some people... 40 plus 50 plus years ago they're running off the same programs and 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 repeating the same actions because of those thoughts and those beliefs that were unchecked and and that's what leads us to uh living unfulfilled lives this has been comic chat number 32 i am your host uh glendon mcgee you can find me on facebook Glendon McGee uh, on Instagram, GM3 Comedy. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. And also on this lovely platform called Anchor. And uh, I was, I had a great weekend. I was in Tucson, did two shows yesterday. Uh, Catalina's pizza in Catalina, Arizona. That was my first uh, trip to uh, Catalina, Arizona. It's not a black-friendly place, but I had a great time because I was able to express myself as a black person and talk about white people being racist. And, you know, I created a nice, uh, funny moment for everyone, but it was was really fun. And I also did a county line bar and grill in Tucson, ran by Ali Musa. You can find him on Instagram, Ali Musa at Ali Musa. You can also uh, find his podcast on Spotify and all other places where you can get your podcast. His podcast is called The Ali USA Podcast. The Ali USA Podcast. I've been a guest on it a few times, and uh, it's a very fun show. He speaks his mind. It's very funny. Uh, so check that out. Um, Till then, till next week, um, spread peace, love, and harmony, and it shall come back to you tenfold. And I want to thank all of you guys for listening to me and granting me your focus for this 30-some-odd minutes every week. And I am tremendously happy and tremendously grateful now that I have over a million listeners to this beautiful podcast. So, till next time. I love you and goodbye.